Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rowan Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits down to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Now, okay, I mentioned last time that I think I had a guest today. I was wrong. I do not have a guest today, but I do have a guest next week. But, um, you know, if you want to get early access to that, by the way, you can sign up to become a patron at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of friend for early access to that episode because it is a very special guest. But to get into today's episode, today we are obviously continuing our timeline journey with the Lost Hero story break, Detroit, which is from pages 227 to 220. Oh my God, I said the same thing. It's from pages 227 to 267. It's because of the sevens, that's why. Um, (laughs) As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got character development, fight scenes, narrative, and generally what I thought of it. But as always, to begin, here's the synopsis. After a not-so-fun meeting in Canada, the group head for Detroit. But like any other demigod, things don't go easily. With Piper's guilt about her upcoming betrayal growing, Leo gaining more third wheel complexes, and Jason beginning a relationship with unconsciousness, what on earth will happen to these lot next? Danger. Right, okay, that sounds about right. And that's pretty much the overview for these ch- these chapters. Um, it, there aren't too many chapters for this section, it's, uh, it's, well, things happen, things progress, um, I have some feelings, so uh, before I kind of start going on my discussion now, let's just dive on into what I'm going to be talking about, which is starting first with Piper, Piper's chapters overview. So uh, let's get into it. Escaping from Canada, our trio head for Detroit, but Piper's timeline for her father is nearly up and she doesn't know what to do. Thankfully, she can distract herself as the only member of the group with a brain who has made a connection to Jason and the Romans and how Boreas sees him as Roman. With memories of her father making her heart ache, she decides to sleep for a while. Her sleep is, of course, destroyed by a menacing giant who demands her obedience to save her father and warns her by having the dragon they ride fall from the sky. Crashing into an abandoned car plant, Piper gets injured, but not enough for her to keep thinking that Jason is cute. Girl, get your head checked. (laughs) With Leo searching and then going missing, missing, not missing, missing, Jason goes to find him, and then all hell breaks loose. And that's the overview for Piper's chapters. Quite a bit actually happens in this, which I'm really quite thankful. Um... 
But there are some things that I think are slightly leaning into the mildly problematic areas. Um, and that's because, I, well, these are some of the things I want to bring up in this chapter feedback here before diving in a little bit more. And the first one is, okay, so they find out that Coach is, you know, still, well, Coach Hedge is still alive and, you know, they can go find him sort of situation. Um, or at least, no, I, have they found out he's alive yet? I may be getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, but she has like a memory to do with Coach Hedge and, uh, okay, so we've learned in the sections for Piper's chapters that Coach Hedge used to see her being bullied and attacked, I'm assuming also racially abused at school. He used to see it and would walk away. And that alone, you know, awful. But what makes it worse is that she's grateful for it in a strange way because it prepared her for monsters by fighting for herself by being attacked at school. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone being bullied, harassed and probably racially abused due to the fact that she is Native American at school doesn't prepare someone to fight monsters or to be a demigod that's just child abuse or letting child abuse happen by seeing her being attacked and walking away coach head should not be around children and i'm going to continue this he's the new chiron he is the new Chiron in this situation because Chiron should not be around children because he has actually caused more problems than he's solved. And Coach Hedge is the new person because he he's literally make, putting these kids in more danger and it doesn't stop here. And trust me, when I get to that, my God. But seriously, what, what was that decision in this writing? I honestly don't understand it. Add in, so not only did we have Selena Slander from Drew Tanaka, we're also getting more Selena Slander here, and I hate it. Like, she's basically, Piper has basically said, oh, I'm going to be the next traitor, just like Selena, in a sense. And I'm just so mad. Like, Luke Castellan manipulated and blackmailed her he's the enemy he's the bad person in that series and yet we've had no word in this series or even discussion of it in the final book for the last olympian about his awful actions and the fact that he was a terrible person because it's all been brushed over with ah he died in the end so heroism how come luke gets no questioning about his heroism but Selena does. She is the one continuing to be labelled a traitor. And Luke, the person who drew her to it through manipulation, blackmail and, you know, emotional abuse and manipulation, doesn't. Like, what the fuck was that decision? Seriously. I also want to know... And this is, admittedly, this is coming from a very white perspective because... I'm I'm British, as you can tell from this accent, so I don't know much of this background other than a few things that I've seen and like research from my own sort of want to educating myself sort of situation. But the discussion that we get with Pi and like the memories of Piper's dad in these chapters, 
I don't know how I feel about it. And like personally, I, I'm kind of disappointed about the characterization of him. Because um, Tristan, when acting, stays far away from anything connected to his own heritage. Like Piper points out in this, like he plays every other ethnicity role but his own. Um, and his his kind of justification, I kind of, I guess I kind of get, but also at the same time, it feels strange that he's just saying it, it'd be too close to home. And I'm guessing that maybe it's like if it was portrayed badly, and like he was the one representing that. But I don't know. It just it then feels even weird that he's like she lists all these characters that he's played in all these different ethnicities. Like he's played. Um, a Latino, he's played an Israeli spy, he's so he's played like every other ethnicity under the sun, which is, you know wrong in general, because you know, if some hire a Latino actor, if you need a Latino actor but that's, I don't know uh, For and this is, I guess, a question for any of my um, listeners who may be Native American themselves um if you have like any idea or just kind of insight as to why this may have been and probably I'm assuming it's just bad stereotyping and representation because obviously there's been lots of discussions of the poor representation of Piper's Native American heritage um yeah it just feels weird that there's this sort of shame about his heritage through his acting which then seemingly kind of ties in a little bit with Piper because Piper also thinks similar things about her heritage I don't know and I again like I am insanely white so I obviously in terms of ethnicity I will have no idea about these sorts of things but it did just kind of feel weird reading it to me so I'm intrigued for anyone who may understand this if it makes sense or if it just also feels odd and out of place as well for you um so yeah if you've got any thoughts about that please do email me if if you feel comfortable to do so because I would love to learn a bit more about that and try and understand it um but to kind of go into a bit more of the Piper feedback situation I'm getting really really tired like Piper is the most interesting character so far in this series in, in this book but the thing that I'm getting really tired about in Piper's chapters is that consistently and always we see her thinking about Jason in a romantic sense. She thinks about their first kiss, gets sad that it wasn't real, is glad that Talia is his sister and not a girlfriend, and then just keeps mentioning about how cute he is. Like, Piper, you are literally just having a nightmare about your father in danger, and your mind isn't still on that? You're, you're thinking about Jason instead in a romantic light? And also... My, it just it's Piper you have so much of a character and I mean even when she has like these badass moments as well and like we finally see really interesting things about her story like we had that dream to do with her father and the danger for it not long after that's basically forgotten for her to then focus on Jason it just feels like her character is written so inconsistently and it's really disappointing I don't know it just it frustrates me um, but I'll talk about that a little bit more and I'm going to go into now the section for Leo's chapters so let's go into Leo's chapters overview Leo goes in search of his dragon which isn't that badly damaged and begins his repairs 
As he does, he thinks bitterly about being single and the odd man out, and even being pleased that Jason was an illusion friendship. Just as he's getting over his pity party, Earth Lady arrives with a pick-me-up before a toilet lid is thrown at her face. Now back with it, he hears something amiss and goes in search of his friends, and finds them in danger. Working against the clock, he tries to pull something together to save them, but before he's finished, he's caught. Thankfully for Leo, his mechanical genius does the saving his butt as he takes out two cyclopses in quick succession, with only an angry mother left behind. With trickery, skill, and a precise fire shot, she's done for. Rescuing his friends, danger arrives, because the monsters that shouldn't reform are. It's time to run. I think that's my favourite overview for chapters thus far. <laughs> um, yeah, there's kind of, kind of quite a bit happens in this, but then also lots of dummery. Um, I don't have too much feedback that I kind of want to talk about before going into the main focus points. I think the only thing that I want to talk about is the fact that, like, I, okay, I get him being unhappy about feeling left out and being single when your two friends are like coupled up together, but his reaction just feels so extreme. Especially when he's then also referring to evil Elsa and just like how disappointed he is that she doesn't have an interest in him and all these sorts of things. And I'm just like, mate, you barely saw her once. You barely spoke to her. And then, and you're disappointed by the fact that she didn't give you the time of day? Even though you didn't speak to her, you didn't really, you, you saw her twice. You saw her twice. And you spoke maybe twice, like two, maybe three lots of dialogue to her personally. And she spoke one to you. And you're disappointed and like upset <laughs> about this because you feel single. Like this, it just feels like a, such an overreaction. And I know they're teenagers. But like, I have crushes. And like, and even if it's like instant ones, like, and it passes, like, it's just... He only saw her once. It just feels a bit much. Like, it it feels like what an older person... You know, like, Riverdale. You can tell that Riverdale is written by, like, grown-up people who don't... Clearly have no idea how kids think or act and just assume that they're basically, like, mini-adults in how they act. That's what, like, Leo is acting here. He's not acting like an adult, but the way in which he acts feels like a grown a grown up thinks a teenager would act in these situations. But it's just like it's like a caricature version of how a teenager would react. Like he's met her once, talked to her once, and she's showed no interest. He would not be as devastated as he is. It's just a bit that's just ridiculous. But to go into character development, especially with Leo, I, <sighs> there is so much potential with Leo, Leo, and I think this is something that I'm going to come up saying a lot throughout this book, after the fact that there was so much potential with these characters. Because the character development for Leo, that could have been, oh my god, Leo is the kind of character who has like these serious self-esteem issues that I completely understand, 
and feel uh, and feel realistic as someone who also does have self-esteem issues especially in regards to things like romance and relationships because you know, <laughs> my relationships have been messy as hell like I have self-esteem issues about that but he feel like it feels realistic and understandable but only to a certain extent because then after a while, like I said, it becomes a bit of caricature. But it's all of his relationships as well. Like, even his friendships just feel out of place. Though his friendship with Piper and Chasen shows that he is justified with some of these thoughts and feelings. Because he feels left out by their budding relationship. But that even beforehand he felt like a third will and that they were closer. Which admittedly, I've just got to point out, feels completely illogical because the mist is not that strong to kind of make, like, clearly Leo and Piper were friends because Jason obviously wasn't there, the mist put him in there. So they just added him into their friendship group. So it makes no sense that the mist would be so powerful that they change complete memories where Leo is left out by Piper and Jason. It feels weird. I don't get it. But with evil Elsa, it becomes clear that he's this sort of person who very clearly seeks validation from others via their interest in him. Like for the fact that he hired a valet service to spruce him up after seeing evil Elsa once, knew nothing about her, had barely any conversation with her, and didn't take into the consideration that, you know, he and his friends were nearly killed by her brothers and they aren't in this palace as guests. They're, you know, they're in hostile territory. But he still went all in and kind of was, like, desperate for her to react and be, like, happy and pleasant and be like, oh my god, he did all this. Like, he looks so ha-. Like, he expected something and is disappointed when she said nothing. All of these things, like all these self-esteem issues that he's having and all these focused on needing this validation from these relationships in his life and to feel wanted is perfectly understandable. A little bit much because it does feel caricature-ish. But the thing that I wish that this character development was going into is that Leo's character arc... I don't know, it just... I. I feel like it should be heading into him realising that he doesn't have to be defined by what others think of him or being in a romantic relationship or being defined by the relationships in his life, both friendship, family, romantic, all that sort of things. Like, friendships and family are just as important for a person, if not more so, than romance. But how everything is going so far, and the fact that he was happy that Jason had no memory, that he wasn't actually their friend and he wasn't actually in a relationship with Piper. Shows like the level of, the extent of his resentment of these other relationships. And I can't see, and obviously I do know at this point that this arc doesn't happen. He doesn't gain self-esteem through his own discovery of his own importance and his own identity his arc is just giving him a girlfriend and then him abandoning his friends without telling them for this girl like he basically has like a reversal arc he gets he has no self-esteem so the way in which he gains self-esteem is by getting a girlfriend who 
doesn't like none of them seem to really they don't like each other when they meet i'm getting too far into the future but yeah i'll get into that more when we get to that point but the character development for leo there was so much potential of him being someone with poor self-esteem who finds a way and is helped by his friends like his friends should be part of this arc then making him realize that no you aren't the odd one out we do care about our friendship with you even though their friendship like is borderline nothing non-existent like they don't act like friends like all of their personalities do not fit together in a friendship group it's just it feels like and i keep saying this about everything but they feel like a friendship group that was put together for like a school project and they've like just stayed interacting for this whole period of time because they need to work together so they keep up like a working relationship basically that's how it feels and that's not a good thing add in to follow up with piper piper also could have had such an interesting arc of learning and understanding loyalty to others and also how to trust others as well and she doesn't think she can trust her friends to tell them the situation and is giving the burden and basically putting the entire burden of her father's disappearance and his capture and the impending possibility of his death onto herself and she doesn't actually really know how to deal with this awful situation because obviously the worlds of demigods and such is completely new to her she has no idea what to do but she doesn't think she can trust other people to help she she it's almost like she feels like she isn't worthy of their help after this though we aren't given much for either of her friend's relationship or her relationship with her dad for us to even feel the conflict with her like her friendship with leo is basically non-existent even though they should be best friends they should be also be joining together with this sort of shared sadness over realizing that their friendship with jason isn't real but they haven't so her her friendships and her romantic uh, her friendships and her relationship with her father just feel like like we've just been told yeah she has a friendship with these guys and she loves her dad even though their relationship is a little bit tenuous at the moment but like there's been no kind of sign of us to care about this conflict and kind of understand it and go through it with her because the whole time I'm consistently just thinking like why hasn't she told them we've not been really given any reason for her to not tell them and if it was more and especially considering that she keeps calling them her friends if it was that she didn't feel like that they were friends after this whole situation that would work or if we were able to understand her lack of trust in others that could also work but there's no reason given for why she wouldn't tell there's no sense of stake for us as the readers to understand her like anxiety about the situation because we've got no connection to either of these relationships for her of friendship and family like her story currently focuses more on jason and the possible romantic relationship with him than this conflict about her father and this development of needing to trust others and realizing also that she doesn't have to go through go through things alone like she's clearly been so used to going things alone and standing up for herself and fighting for herself that she doesn't know how to let others in or let others help her and fight with and for her and that would have been a really great thing to see develop instead of just seeing a relationship with jason developing like we don't even see in this book her friendship with leo develop all it focuses on is jason 
And that's a real disappointment for her character. Because like I keep saying, Piper is currently the only good character in this book. She's the only reason they're alive. They're the, like, she's the only reason they are progressing. And yet, her character eventually just boils down to someone who's obsessed with Jason. She deserved better than that. She 100% deserved better than that. Because she's the only interesting character in this book. Leo, we don't know anything about. We just know that he's funny and has a traumatic childhood. That's all we know about Leo. That and he's really good with machines. I I wouldn't fully call that a personality trait though, or or a, but I don't know. <laughs> but still, like out of all of them, Piper is the one with the most interesting story, and she just feels sidelined for a romantic relationship that isn't even really about her. It's about boosting up Jason as a character. Like, it doesn't benefit her as a character. It benefits Jason by showing him as desirable and heroic and cool. It doesn't benefit Piper one bit. Or her character. But to get into something else, and this is something that is a positive. I know, surprise, talking about a positive for the lost hero. And that's talking about the fight scenes in this section of the book. Particularly for Leo, because, my god... Finally, a fight scene in The Lost Hero that is good and engaging, and it's one with Leo. Like, the descriptions given with Leo's battle with the Cyclops is the best fight scene I've seen in a while. Even the ones of the last Olympian weren't that great. This is the best one I've seen in a while. While he technically doesn't physically engage with the monsters, the descriptions that are given and us kind of understanding through the language that Leo in the story is giving us of how he works out how to do these things and how to defeat these creatures and how fast-paced it feels as well without feeling rushed helps to visualize the scene in a way that you can engage with it and also picture it well in your mind like I can very much see how this would be shown on like on tv for like if we get to the Heroes of Olympus for uh the Percy Jackson show for example Add to that that the moment Leo catches fire as well and he just steps out from it, the fu- the flame sort of disappearing from him, is just such a badass moment for him that I appreciate it so much considering how little of his badassery that we've seen of him so far. It just feels like a really great sort of characterising moment and the fact that he's doing it to save his friends as well and figure out how to kind of get them out of there safely is just great. I really, really do appreciate it. We're going into narrative, and I do have quite a bit to say about the narrative. And my one complaint is that this whole section, Bar Piper's Dream with the Giant, just feels so unnecessary. The only thing we learn from this segment is that Piper's dad is losing his mind. She needs to make up her mind as to what she's gonna do. Leo reveals his fire powers to his friends, and we see firsthand that the monsters are no longer staying in Tartarus. Like, the only thing is, with what follows as well for the next part, for uh, the next section that we're going to be seeing, this could have very easily just been shown in those more important sections that follow next than here. Like, this segment just feels like it's dragging out the story unnecessarily. Like, We could have had the dream in the lead up to meeting Medea in the next section. We could have seen, like, she has some monster, um, she has monster, uh, pets. If they're able to kill them, they see them starting to reform there as well. Like, 
you can put that into that one scene and also uh, i talk about it a little bit more in next week's episode with my guests but um yeah this just feels like an extra added thing like this book is already 500 plus pages this was something that could have easily been cut out and just the few bits of important information could have been added into the Medea section and, and this is just something I am noticing a lot with this this book there are so many things in here that just don't need to be in here they can easily be added in somewhere else it just feels like there's they're just putting it like Rick is just putting in chapters to drag out certain bits of information it's like he was given a word count or a page count and he like it was like an overestimation of how long this book was going to be and so he then then had to just fill out so many chapters with just just unnecessary bits just to put in extra parts of information to meet that page or word count that's just how it feels it just feels like it's just kind of there to fill out like a word count because yeah I don't know I don't know how else to describe it but this is the thing that I'm feeling like the lost hero you do feel tired when you're reading the lost hero because it drags so much like it's insane how much the story does drag in terms of its narrative like there are so many things that could have been cut out that this this book very easily could have been 400 pages like max if necessary from how many things that you could cut out from it but um I'll get into that in, in next week's episode and definitely a few others in the future as well but as a whole like admittedly these sections aren't too bad we get quite a bit of characterization of Piper that is ruined a little bit with the Jason situation we get some more information about Leo and also Leo also finally himself opening up a bit more to his friends but other than that kind of not much else at the same time um so yeah that's kind of all I have to say about this section so to get into the bit that obviously everyone listening is most excited for and that is this week's question of the episode so this week's question is do you feel that the story of the lost hero could have been condensed down or does the pacing and length work for you that'll obviously be going up in all of our social media or you can email in if you want to give a more detailed sort of idea of an answer to this question (laughs) um obviously that'll be going up tomorrow on the social media the day after this episode um so yeah keep an eye out for that and obviously follow us on social media but yeah thank you all for joining me for this story segment be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our role inverse journey with some very special guests to plug where you can find our podcast we're available on spotify apple Podcasts, audio boom stitcher deezer and basically wherever you listen to podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best time camp on various social media and best time camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com or you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for early access and other exclusive perks want more percy jackson content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my own writing drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your variant hunter and i'll see slash speak to you all next time May.